we always have to think of country. And there are too many people, you know, for everyone to descend into the bush and start hacking away at trees. Welcome back to Warrabora Nora. My name is Pauline Clegg. In this podcast, we look at the many environmental factors impacting our countries today. And we wanted to see what the key priorities that Aunty Fran and Uncle Bruce think we need to make sure we are listening to in relation to land. There are far too many people in the world. You know, we never talk about that. We always think there's a political solution, but there's not. There has to be a biological solution to this, where there are too many people. Look at how the old people manage this land with a, a population that was suited to the land. You know, when I was going to school, it was supposed to be half a million people. Well, it was governed by law. We have to govern population by law again, not by religion, because religions are self-serving. So is capitalism. Capitalism needs constant growth. We can't afford constant growth. It's really interesting how communities have disagreements now. I think we're having disagreements in a very different way than we used to. You know, the native title, for instance, has given avenue for us to fight against each other. It was a skillful piece of legislation because it guaranteed that we would fight each other. And that's not how we did it because I know that in communities, you know, you've got Darug people, you've got... Gunditjmara, you've got Nyunga on the southeast coast. In the old days, those people would have been welcomed. They wouldn't know the whole law, but they would have been welcomed in the country. They would have had their rights. And because of native title, those people have been pushed out and they're feeling resentful because when there are work programs, they don't get them. That is not how it would have been in the past. Those people would have been welcomed to work on the land, with the land. We've got to follow law because the law is sweet, the law is just, and we have to acknowledge that. We have to learn our law so that we can see how just it is, how positive it is, how beneficial to the earth itself. You see, one of the things that white man brought in those days, and even today, it's worse today, one of those things was greed, Mm. right? We didn't know greed. We didn't know the accumulation of wealth Mm. because we shared. Now we don't share. Now we get these really, really rich people and they're growing by the day. Their numbers are growing by the day because they're greedy and yet other people who share and that have to do without Mm. simply because of these greedy ones. How many millionaires have we got in this country now and how many of them are Aboriginal? I worked for a long time in the parliament as just a researcher and go-fetch-it girl there was a little group we formed and it was called the Creamies. And these were members of parliament who'd been elected and had Aboriginal backgrounds, but they couldn't say, otherwise they would never have been elected. And they were the ones who set the pathway to be able to get the Aboriginal Land Rights Act Mm. through. And truly, although they worked so hard and everything, all I can see there is greed now. Mm. Same with the Federal Act. All it's done is awoken our greed when actually we should be working together and maybe I've said too much. No, I haven't said enough. You know, we have to stop operating within and like white institutions. You know, if we're serious about our culture mm. and our law and our respect for the law, then we have to stop behaving 
in that adversarial fashion that the Westminster system insists on. You know, let's forget about the Westminster system. All it does is create war. You know, look at Europe. One war after another war after another war because some crazy king decided that he hated his sister or whatever the ridiculous reason was, that would start a war. And so young men and women would die in trenches for the sake of some family squabble. We can't afford that to happen here. It is happening, but we can stop it. We can stop it by making sure that the elders really have a say, mm. not just asked at the 11th hour by people in control of the levers what they think, but where the wisdom of older people is, is really respected. It'll have a benefit because older people, having seen so much, tend to be more peaceful. And we're very well led politically in Australia, I think, Aboriginal people, but there are some young people who uh, resort to violence and anger far too quickly, in my opinion. I think we also have to look at the fact that not everyone is equal in this country at the moment, and that if you're genuine about wanting Aboriginal plants to be better used, you're going to make sure that you're looking after the plants and you're looking after the people who grew them. And that if you've got these lovely ideas about Aboriginal employment, Aboriginal health and closing bloody gaps, then there are real things you can do. Not flower talk, real things you can do. My experience is that when the time for talk is done, the doing is the last thing to happen. So many practical things can be done. It's almost like the very sniff of Aboriginal independence and employment is resisted. But I've been saying you can't eat our food if you can't swallow our history. Learn the history first and then we will give you the food. But if you don't learn our history, we're not going to give our food away to you because you'll take that and run away and feel virtuous about yourself because you've discovered gubbins which are so high in vitamin C and B and you'll feel terrific but you haven't acknowledged the people who grew that gubbinge for you. Gubbinge is not a plantation plant. You can't grow it as a monoculture. It has to grow in family. And, you know, the reason all those gubbinge plantations failed was because they didn't have their cousins with them. And that's what the old people knew. The people up north are saying that, no, we don't grow it like that. We grow it like this. And you have to walk from that tree to that tree to that tree to get your governance and these are things that we have to learn you know and when I take people down on the farm and I say well that's where the warrigal greens are there and that's where the samphire is over there and they go but you know there's a bit there and a bit there and exactly that's how it grows because that's its cousin there and you can also eat the cousin and that's another cousin over there you can eat that cousin too but you, you can't grow it like wheat you can't grow it like carrots there's a whole family to be considered there. People don't get very impressed by that. They just think, oh, that's just the bush. Yeah, it is. But that's what our people knew. And we were looking after that. It wasn't just happening. We were looking after that. It's something that farmers need to know, that this monoculture stuff isn't going to wash. It's not kind enough to country. It uses too much water for a start because they're all northern hemisphere plants. We've got to start looking at Australian plants which know how to live here. They actually want to live here. This is their country. Look what the West is looking like now with the drought. It's bare, it's ugly, it's horrible. But I can remember 1939 to 1940-something drought, travelling through the country then. There were still plants growing. There wasn't bare, empty spaces and 
dust devils everywhere. And I look at it now and I think, what have we done to this cotton? The Americans threw the cotton industry, the cotton growing industry, out of their country and brought them over here. Mm. We're taking the rubbish of other countries. Look what happened to the cotton fields mm. in America, what they did to that, that country out there. It is desert. Mm. And they're doing the same here. Yeah. I was out of Brawarana with some of the brothers there and uh, they showed me where the old grass grew and there's patches of the old grass. That grass needs hardly any water, only whatever lands out of the sky. That's all it needs to grow well. And in the next paddock, they showed me where the cotton was growing, totally bare. It had been ploughed in readiness for the next crop. Slightest puff of wind, there goes the soil. There goes the soil. Such a different mentality. You're prepared to lose soil to grow cotton. That's unsustainable. That's the other thing. Just recently out west where the cotton was growing and it's not growing there anymore, their irrigation gutters were full of water. Mm. yet nothing was growing there. Nothing could grow there. Why did they have the water from the Darling River mm. when they weren't using it? Mm. And we've got our own cotton. Mm. You know, the, we've got kapok in the territory grows everywhere. We're trying to fight the land to grow this other stuff from somewhere else that is so water hungry. Mm. And we've got, you know, our own plant, which loves Australia and will grow just because it wants to grow. And you might be able to grow it as a monoculture, but we send people to the moon, we're going to learn to harvest sustainably. It might mean that we're not using the same machine, might mean we're not using a machine at all, but we can still get our cotton. On the place where I'm working, all this lovely flowery rhetoric, oh, you're doing such a wonderful job, you know, not a dollar of government money on that place. You know, they all talk about supporting Aboriginal people, Aboriginal employment. No one is paying those lads down there. It's coming out of Aboriginal pockets. You know, we're doing that ourselves. People want to come on the farm all the time, have their photograph taken with my dogs. The poor dogs are getting tired of this. I've started saying to them, well, when you drive away, just remember you've had a lovely time for nothing, a free afternoon on country, and you're stealing again. You're stealing spirit, you're stealing time. You've got to remember that. Aboriginal people coming into schools to tell you kids' lovely stories, did you pay them? Or do you expect Aboriginal people to want to tell stories to you? You've got to pay. You know, if it's a capitalist world, you've got to pay now. It is up to all of us to help make this country more sustainable and richer for the next generation. When listening to Arnie Fran and Uncle Bruce, you hear not just the urgency to help fix the growing problems, but the understanding of a knowledge of some of the answers that are on offer. If you'd like to learn more about our native plants or listen to other podcasts, check out warraburanora.com.